Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the podcast, well, the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and in this podcast, I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet, along with experts and doctors, nutritionists in the area of plant-based eating. And today, I am sharing a success story with... It's kind of got a spin and I love when my success stories end up with the person completely changing their whole lives. Um, you know, to, to name an example would be Gabrielle Miller going from being, you know, an agricultural science student and a football player and is surrounded by family members who were all into farming and animal agriculture and then turning his life on its head and going whole food, plant-based vegan and then starting his own YouTube channel and helping his family and friends transition to a whole food plant-based lifestyle and just completely turning his life basically on its head. And this today's guest is similar um, in, and a lot of our guests come on the show and they, they might start wanting to heal their chronic disease, but they also then end up becoming ultra marathon runners or becoming athletes in their own right, bodybuilders like Amanda Fisher or runners like myself or many, many of the people on this show who've also got into running or cycling or other things because once you start eating this way, you tend to start gaining energy and vitality and feeling great. And so the natural next step is to get more into exercise and more into fitness and to burn some of that excess energy off. And this today's guest is Jim Fisher, and it, he's sharing his well, his weight loss story, but also going into the you know he was in radio and he's transitioned his career into being a personal trainer at a at a gym over in America, and it was just great to hear his story and to hear you know, how passionate he is now about supporting people to make sustainable cha- lifestyle changes and diet, you know, weight loss, exercise, fitness changes so that they can achieve their own personal goals. Uh, he had so his tips, wait till the end because his tips are just really great. Uh, they're really great tips. Uh, I really loved hearing them because I think that they are something that will resonate with everyone listening, that it isn't, uh, even though we want to be perfect, perfection isn't ever, it isn't a realistic goal in in, in anything. And yeah, I love speaking to Jim. So thanks, Jim, for coming on the show. And um, thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast. I um, ran a cooking class yesterday with some of my local people, and it was so great to meet some, you know, 15 people who came along and make some beautiful plant-based foods and eat them and talk about the benefits of whole food plant-based eating and share my own um, story with multiple sclerosis with them face-to-face in the, in the little Tacoma um, Uniting Church up here in the Dandenong Ranges. So that was really fun yesterday. And so I'm really enjoying meeting more people and I'm hoping to run more things like that and just connect with people more face-to-face because obviously I'm sitting in this little um, studio recording these episodes and sometimes it can be a little isolating. So it's really nice to meet people and kind of give back in a different way by sharing some food and just talking to people about this way of eating in a more informal, nice, casual, relaxed setting, a social, a social setting, which is really great. And it was lovely meeting everyone. So everyone who came along, thank you so much for helping me with dishes and helping me with food prep and all those kinds of things and just listening and trying and being open-minded about whole food plant-based eating. Um, 
yeah, it was fantastic. So I had such fun doing that and I'm going to do some more of that in 2019, which is barely minutes away. So I'm very excited about that. 2019, there'll be more video over at the YouTube channel. So the Corinne Ninja YouTube channel, if you haven't subscribed, more is coming in 2019. So I'm excited about that. The book is being written all the time. So keep an eye out for that. I'll be sending, if you're on my mailing list, I'll start sending snippets of the book and bits and pieces as I go towards launching the book, which is probably more like late in 2019 now because it's just been such an epic project. And now we have 69 episodes of the show and it's so hard to pick pieces that I am um, of the show to put into this book that's going to be yeah, it's just so hard. There's so many great stories. So editing it and putting it into a book that's the book of hope that I want it to be, that's filled with all of these, the, my guests, beautiful stories and emotions and triumphs. And I just want it to be so good, which is why it's so daunting to me. <laughs> so I'm doing my best and I can't wait to get that out to you know anyone who wants it. And I hope that it, I just hope that it, it gives people who are in the situation that I was in in 2004 the inspiration, the information, the encouragement and hope that I needed and that the guests on my show needed to to just keep moving forward and to keep trying and to keep believing that there is something better out there that's beyond sickness and disease. So I'm really excited about that and um, looking forward to that. And yeah, there's so much great things coming up and I'm so looking forward. We're nearly getting to 100 episodes of this podcast now. I know I'm jumping by 31 episodes, but we're going that door that way and I can't wait for 100 and 1,000 and all of those things. And your support is what's driving this podcast and the work that I'm doing. And so I love all of your reviews and all of the support that you give me with your comments and your messages and and obviously meeting some of you face-to-face -face in things like the cooking class I did yesterday and other things like that. So thank you and thank you for, you know, leaving five-star ratings or subscribing. All of those things really makes, it just makes it all feel worthwhile and especially when people reach out and say that something in the episodes has touched them or that it's helped them in some way it, it it's wonderful I'll just read out I'm just starting to do this in the last couple episodes I just thought it's nice to do so that you know that I'm reading them and you know how much I makes my days so here is one the the rating that they the reviews is so in such random they're not in any particular order according to the app, so I apologise if I'm reading ones that from a long time ago. I, you know, we have one just from this Wednesday, which from Marg, Marg Mitch, Marg Mish, and it said, brilliant, thank you, listen to them all. I get excited with every new podcast guest. Can't tell you how much plant-based has helped our family. You are so relatable. Thank you for sharing your own story. And then another one, so thank you so much, Mark, for taking the time to write that. It really made my day. Uh, another one from the 2nd of December, 2018, from Rolly, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, 23. 
and said, love it, brilliant, really brilliant podcast, thanks. And they both gave five stars, which makes such a big difference. So thank you so much, Rolly, for your comment and taking the time to leave your review over at Apple Podcasts. It makes, it just makes my day. It uh, makes my day and because I know that someone's listening and it's not just me making these podcasts out to <laughs> no one and and that people are benefiting from them and it's not just that I get to chat to these incredible people who I'm so inspired by, that it's also inspiring to other people who are listening. So thank you again for taking the time to leave those incredible reviews and supporting this podcast. And it, it just help, it helps the search rankings. It helps people more people find this podcast. And the end goal and the, the main goal is it helps people to hopefully transform their health and their lives for the better. So, yes, I... I'm really grateful and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Bye. Hello, Jim, and welcome to the show. Hey, Corinne. Thanks for having me today. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I love stories like yours. And obviously we spoke a little bit before we started recording and I was really excited because I think that you have so many, so much to offer people who are daunted by taking the first steps in this way of eating or don't know where to begin. I think that just from what you and I spoke about already, I really think that what you have to say today will help so many people who are struggling with overwhelm about what this lifestyle change might mean for them and how difficult it might be and all those kinds of things. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm always happy to help. So can you just launch in and tell us your story? Yeah, so um, I, I think like a lot of people, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, you probably see now I got a little gray hair on me. Um, you know, I'm a 40 year old guy. Um, I'm on, I guess, marriage number three or, or efforting towards that. Um, I'm engaged. And like a lot of people, I, I spent a lot of my life like overweight. Um, overweight kid, you know, I was 100 pounds in the second, third grade. Um, became an overweight in high school, I was 265 pounds. Um, in high school, kind of got my weight sort of under control. I like to call them like manageably fat for part of my 20s, um, where I was like 220. But you got to understand, like I'm, I'm pretty short, like I'm only 5'7". Um, so 220 pounds is still 50, 60 pounds overweight. Um, and then it kind of spiraled out of control. Uh, you know, got married for the first time at 26, 27. I was a radio guy, right? So, I, you know, I worked in the media. I was talk show producer, talk show host news anchor. And as I got more responsibility at work and more responsibility at home, um, my weight kind of just spiraled from being like, you know, you're normal 40, 50 pounds overweight um, to really getting out of control and being 260, 270. Um, I moved to New Orleans, Louisiana in 2008 and I was 285. By 2010, I was... Um, I remember taking a picture in front of the St. Super Bowl, right? We were down there in front of the media center, and I think I was 325 in that photo. And by the next year, when I was going through what was going to be my second divorce, um, I was I was almost 350 pounds. And at my at my size, like that's a pretty life threatening thing. Um, and so that that winter, you know, wife and I separate. Um, a few months down the road, after. I guess really just indulging on everything that you're not supposed to. Like I, I think every part of my life was going poorly except for what I was doing at work. Um, I was still good at my job, I guess. 
And uh, but I remember like June 23rd, 2011, I'm sitting in my office at the uh, iHeartRadio building in downtown New Orleans. I get a little media kit. Um, it was the uh, Lance Armstrong media kit. Right. So they used to send out those yellow bracelets to everybody. And this was before, you know, we knew about the cheating and the scandal and all that sort of stuff. And so I remember kind of sitting in my office and contemplating my existence and thinking, oh, my God, and like I'm 33 years old. At this point, I have a young son who I never see. Um, he was four. I really didn't think I was going to make um, anything. Like I didn't. I didn't think that I was going to be able to um, make forty. Right. Um, I certainly wanted to see him grow up. I wanted to see him graduate. I was depressed. I think uh, you know, kind of rock bottom. Um, and look, my, my wife had cheated on me in part because I was so overweight, and so that was weighing on my mind as well. Um, and I just, I just, I'm sitting there. I'm putting this bracelet on my left arm. Um, and I'm thinking like, man, I gotta, I gotta do better than this. Like I, there's gotta be more to life than this. And at some point it doesn't matter how much money you're making. doesn't matter how many titles you have after your name. Um, I just remember really thinking like, I want it better and I wanted to live and I wanted to have a good life. And so I didn't know what to do. Um, and, uh, I went home that day and, you know, I, I, I tried to work out for the first time, which, I'm going to tell you, I know a lot of people, um, they, they joke about it, but like the old P90X DVDs that they used to sell, my roommate I had at the time we had them, and so I was trying to do that workout, and it about killed me. Um, an inspiration. They were way too hard for somebody at 350. Like, I can't do a push-up. You know, there are all sorts of, of issues occurring, and, and, and when I described that the first workout I did was um, sad looking, like it was really sad looking. Um, like it's almost, it's almost embarrassing to kind of recall like how far, um, I, how, how deconditioned is a term we like to use. Um, I was, and so I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to figure out how to eat better. And the only thing I really know is that I, I knew I ate too much. So I figured it's like, okay, cool. Well, if I could start eating less, uh, that would be great. And then if I can start working out a little bit, well, that might be great too. And maybe one day, I'll uh, look okay and feel okay. And that's really all I did. Um, and the weird part was I kind of did that. And um, I looked up like two or three years later. And all of a sudden, I had become one of those people that were in really good shape and running marathons. It was really kind of odd. Um, and, then at some, and then at some point, um, I really got unhappy at my job, um, being working in the news business, especially on the radio side here in the U.S., is a bit... Um, you can imagine it's a little crazy, especially the last couple years. Um, and so when there was an opportunity for me to get out of the business and to do something else with my life, I, I jumped at the chance. I took the money they gave me um, and decided that I wanted to get into fitness um, and become a personal trainer. And uh, then I did that. And I've been a trainer for um, probably the last year and a half, two years almost. Um, I, I manage a training department here at a gym in New Orleans. I, I train people. And so I do fitness um, every day. You know, it's what's weird is my journey of, of now almost eight years has been a kind of an evolution. It was, okay, first I'm going to work out more and eat less, and then I'm going to eat better. And then um, a couple years ago, I, I started to switch to, you know, the vegetarian, always efforting towards vegan, um, though that's a challenge, you know, as, as you kind of know. Um, and then I became a runner over that time and a marathon runner, an ultra marathon runner. And obviously when I get into fitness, I started incorporating weight. So um, it's been more of a holistic approach as opposed to saying it's just been one thing. 
but my lifestyle from now uh, here, sitting here in 20, at the end of 2018 to where I was at this time in 2010, couldn't, could not be more different. Um, and it, it was a progression and a transition, but it's something that probably saved my life. You know, every time I think, you know, this is, this was the year I turned 40. Um, I always kind of think I'm living on borrowed time because I just never thought I would get here. And now to, to not only be here, but to be thriving and have a new family and to be working on something that I love and passionately helping people every day, try to be them best self, their best selves. Um, it's been a blessing. Like I can't, I couldn't have asked for anything else. Oh, that's fantastic. And so you, you were saying that you started to be, move towards a plant-based diet. How was that for you? What were you eating like before? Um, I, I you know, I think the easiest way to just, when I was really overweight, oh, think about this, you know, most people can have a slice or two of pizza, um, but I ate the pizza, right? You could have a little bit of Chinese food, but I'd eat like as much as you could stomach in three or four or five sittings. Um, so to, to say that I never had fruits and vegetables um, would be an understatement. So that was almost non-existent in how I ate. And then I ate too much of everything. As I started to lose weight, it really became a slowly eating less um, and then slowly replacing some of the really poor choices that I was making with things that were obviously better for us, right? At some point um, a few years ago, I just kind of made the decision. I really wasn't eating meat very often. Um, so I'm like, well, why even eat it? I mean, I kind of feel better when I don't. Um, and so I just started doing that. And then I started eliminating a lot of the dairy out of my diet. Um, and I just kind of slowly started to make the transition. So by the time that I, I got to what I like to call mostly plant-based, um, I really was I really wasn't eating that far away from it. So it was a pretty small transition. Um, and over the years, I, I you know I'll, I'll slip back and forth, and I think everybody kind of struggles with that. The, the idea is that I'm always efforting to eat better and I'm always efforting to eat a little bit cleaner. I'm always efforting to fill up on fruits and veggies and the things that we know are kind of good for us. I think one of the things that people struggle with, whether you're trying to be vegan or whole food, plant-based, um, mostly vegetarian, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it, is that there's this, there's this um, effort towards perfection, which I think keeps people from trying to do the right thing. Um, what I've kind of found in, in trying to help people just get in, 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 in better shape and make lasting, sustainable changes in their lives is that it's that idea of perfection that we sell people that keeps them from ultimately getting where they want to go. Because if they can't go all in on something, they just feel like there's no point in doing it. And I, I think that kind of leads to more problems, you know, um, and I found that people aren't, aren't successful that way. It really, what you have to think about in terms of your fitness and your health and how you eat and, and how much activity we're getting is what can I do that's sustainable? Because the reality is that, okay, if you're, if it's easier for you to be a vegetarian, would we love you to be vegan? Okay, sure. But is it better to be 95% there or all the way the other direction in the negative direction, Right. You know, and so a lot of this um, becomes about sustainability. And once you start selling people on sustainability and doing this slowly and doing this the right way, you don't just get change for six months or a year. You get lifetime 
a lifetime of change and a lifetime of eating better. And ultimately, that's kind of what I, I always want to push my clients towards. Like, I just want you, I want you living long time and feeling good, right? The food we eat is supposed to make us feel good. The way we eat is supposed to make us feel good. Um, and not just feel good mentally, but feel good physically and spiritually and emotionally. Um, and so that's where I really try to get people going to. And most people, once you kind of get them that ball rolling a little bit, it's it's funny the way the human psyche works. We just we start craving a little bit more and a little bit better, and eventually you get where you want to go. Um, and if you make a mistake, then it's like, okay, cool. Let's let's just get back after it, right? There's a there's a lot in our culture of uh, well, we make a mistake and so it's all over. Instead of saying we made a mistake and let's just hop back on the horse the next day, if that makes any sense. Yes, exactly. I I, I really agree with you, and I think that I think that like we said in before we started recording is that. Perfectionism, like you, like you said, it's it stifles us from even trying. Like it stops us from wanting to do it because we just think we can't possibly be where Jim is. You know, I'm not, I'm not ready to go where Jim is, or I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm back weighing 350 pounds, not being able to do the P, the P90X DVD. It's too. It's too much to to fathom being where Jim is now or being where Corinne is now, and I think that that's a roadblock that need someone like yourself to say, hey, you know, just take the first step. It doesn't have to be all the steps at once. Just take the first step. If you're someone who can take all the steps at once, great. But if someone who just needs to take that one step, just take that one step. Yeah, little little things um, really, when it comes to your health and, and your life, little things add up. And, I, you know, when I sit down and I talk to people, and I, I, I talk to a lot of new members um, every day. And one of the things I always I always kind of say, and it's it's like a little cliche, but I think it's really true. Um, there's a lot of snowball going on here where when something gets a little negative, we tend to really build it up. And a few months down the road, it's like, OK, it's one day of bad eating or it's one day out of the gym, which turns into a week, which turns into two months, turns into you know, you're just falling off the wagon and you're putting that way back on. Um, it can snowball in a really negative direction if you let it. it. Conversely, if you start taking little positive steps, and this is whether your life, your business, whatever, it kind of applies to everything. Um, it can really start to, to go in a positive direction. So it's much easier if you're sitting down and the whole idea of doing, you know, look, the whole idea of doing podcasts and of, of talking to people about your story and your journey and anything is to get more people to, to live longer and live better. Right. Well, it's easier to do that if you say, hey, can you do this? Um, here, here are four small things you can do. Can you do a couple of them? Yeah, great. Let's do that for a month and then maybe we can add another one in. Um, that is a much better way to go. And I think you'll get more converts and more people that ultimately um, kind of want to go that way. If you if you preach sustainability in small steps. It's the big steps that scare people. And, and honestly, you know, what I know is the human body's not really designed for that anyway. Um, and so we, we function better when we go slowly, you know, and then we make lasting change. And that's, and that's the point. Like you want something you can do forever, not something that's a fad. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, like you say, for so many people, it is those big steps are, they do seem impossible. So saying something like, have, how, how about you add in? more vegetables every single meal, like one serving more vegetables every single meal this week, something like that that's achievable for most people, you know, or how about you cut out meat one day a week? Yeah. Bite-sized, bite-sized. Obviously, 
if as I said before, if people can go the whole hog, it's great. But I mean, it, it, a lot of people take a bit of time to transition because we're giving up all of the way we've eaten our whole lives. So it can be a huge, a huge turning point. Especially with food, there is a there's a massive emotional connection to food. Um, one thing that because I because my journey is a journey of weight loss. Um, and not every fitness journey is weight loss, understanding. Every food journey is weight loss. Some, some of it's just how we feel. Um, but certainly uh, weight loss is kind of a big thing for me. It's the reason why I wanted to get into fitness and get out of like the media um, game that I was sort of in. And if you're when, – when I talk to people who are overweight, and I know for myself, you know, you, you hear that term like I'm a real emotional eater, right? And so we tie feelings to the things that we were eating and if you, if you go to someone and you're trying to get them to eat less of this stuff because it's killing them, um, but there, all these emotions are tied to it and you start immediately like just saying, well, you can't have that, um, they're not going to do it. You're going to lose them before you even have a conversation with them or start to talk to them. So I, I always think the approach and how you approach people, especially people who are dealing with weight loss, where we're dealing with something that's more than just the physical what we eat and what we physically do, there's an emotional, psychological component to it. The approach, especially early, is important. And as they start to feel better and as they start to discover that this is something they want for themselves, it, 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 it's, it's natural that their ears open up and they're like, okay, well, maybe I want to try to go a little bit deeper, right? How much farther down the rabbit hole can I go? Um, and that tends to be a way to win more people to your cause than the other way, um, especially because of the food component. The food component is it, it's the hardest thing for people to give up because of the, um, the, the intense emotions that are tied to it. We tie happiness to food. Everyone does it. Um, and if you're over if you're if you're overweight or even morbidly obese, um, there's a real there's a real hard pull away from it. You got that way for a reason. And we need to we need to work on some of those things as people um, before we can take care of the other things. And I know for me, that was a that was a really big thing. Um, I always kind of joke that, you know, I, I, I had real problems and I worked on myself a lot. And the byproduct was I got fit, lifted more weight and ran really far and lost and lost weight. Um, but there was a lot of working on me as a human being first. And then the dominoes sort of started to fall after that. Mm. And I think that a lot of people, I, I feel like I've been saying this every week and I'm sorry for everyone listening, but I think a lot of people are still in this mind frame that, you know, we go on any diet that you find and it will work and you'll lose weight. And it's this willpower that you need to keep it off. But as I've, you know, as I've said week after week, you know, statistics show that it's 2% of people who have this magical unicorn of willpower that can keep off weight long-term without doing, you know, making sustainable long-term changes to basically that are mind, body and soul changes, you know, to the way they look at themselves, where they look at food, the way they, the way that they eat as a whole, it, it, it's a whole shift that needs to happen for a sustainable long-term weight loss to occur. Yeah, it, it's um, I, w- I don't even say I would even say it's two percent correct. I don't think those people exist. And what's funny is that um, when I talk to people, um, and I, I guess I get I get to do it every day, and they're like, "Man, you must have you must have 
incredible willpower. And it's like, man, you really must not see me eat on the weekend sometimes. Um, because it had there, I have the worst willpower ever. What, what I do have is incredible resiliency and the ability to bounce back. Um, and to say like, okay, cool. Today was no bueno. Um, maybe tomorrow I can try to do better. Right. And so it's that will to want to be better and not that willpower to say no to everything, because honestly, I could be better. You know, I could always be better. Everyone can do better, whether it's with our, how we're eating and how we um, and, and, and how we exercise and how we treat our spouses and how we treat our kids and whatever. You know, um, I'm, a, I'm a really big failure in a lot of things, but I'm always trying really, really hard. Um, and maybe that's the difference between me and someone that hasn't been successful at this, but it, it's not a willpower game. People don't have willpower. You know, if I put you in front of, um, and if I probably sat here, Corinne, and we got to talking and I broke it down and like found the one thing that you wish you could still have. And I put a table of it full of it in front of you and locked you in the room. I bet you'd eat it eventually. Um, so that's not willpower. That's just at some point we're human beings. And I think that's a lot of this is you have to, you have to let yourself be a human being and understand that failing is part of this process. Um, if you don't learn how to overcome failure and accept that you're going to have it and that you're never going to be perfect, um, you're not going to be successful because ultimately you just talk yourself out of it, you know, and it's like, no, just try, just try try if it works great um if it doesn't work let's try again tomorrow it's a new day what's the worst that's going to happen ultimately if you keep trying and failing and trying and failing i'm willing to bet that your overall health will improve Mm. i think that this is i think what you're saying is relevant for all areas of life as well and i think that a lot of people want you know when we hi andrew taylor i'm mentioning you again but people like andrew taylor and yourself touching on you know we eat we eat Basically, we eat our emotions a lot of the time when we have, when we're overweight and we're struggling to maintain a a healthy weight for our frame and our height, we eat our emotions. And I think that often we're eating our emotions because we're not, we're not going after things that we want to go after because of that belief we have to be perfect first. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I, and I think even what's funny is if you talk to people who are supposedly fit and have it figured out, if you really dig in, um, you're going to find that they are struggling with the same thing that the people who are overweight um, are dealing with or the people who are struggling in life tend to deal with. No one has it figured out. What we have is we have this expectation that we're supposed to be something. Um, and if we're not meeting that expectation, even if it's the one that we just put in our own heads, we, we tend to really beat ourselves up. Um, and I go through that just as much as anyone else, you know, um, it's always funny. Like I could equate it back to running. I'm probably 15, 20 pounds heavier than I was a few years ago. A lot of that's muscle, right? Which is great. And I know that because I have a machine that tells me and I'm lifting more weights and I'm performing better athletically at 40 than I was, um, at 20, but because the number on the scale goes up, I'm losing my mind a little bit. Um, and I, and I struggle with that every day. And even though I look better, you know, spouse says I look better, so I probably should believe her, right? People in the gym, whatever. Um, but because the number, quote unquote, is not what I want, um, it makes me crazy, right? Um, and I still struggle with that. And I'm one of the people that supposedly have it figured out, right? And so I, I, I think one of the things that I like to do to 
I like to tell people is that I, I struggle. I, I think there's more to be learned in failure than there is in perfection and success. Um, and so I almost like to talk about my failures more than I like to talk about my successes because there's something to be learned for that. More of us fail than are successful. Um, and I'm just, I'm just as guilty as anyone else. And so I just try, I just, again, if I had a secret, it's consistency and I just keep trying, you know, you keep trying, man, that goes a long way. Um, and I know that about myself. And so if if anybody takes anything about our conversation today to heart, it's like, just keep trying, right? Don't strive for perfection. Try. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think that what you're saying and my experience as well has been, it hasn't been a linear journey. You know, I I didn't just get multiple sclerosis in 2004 and then lose 30 pounds, 30 kilos and, and be a whole food plant-based vegan, no oil, no salt, no sugar. (laughs) Like that, like that didn't, that didn't happen. It's been a long journey and it gets, I get better every day, but there's, there's so many, it, it ebbs and flows along the way. And I do, make mistakes and I've made a, you know thousands of mistakes over the time but I just I feel better and better as I just keep moving forward and don't beat myself up for the errors along the way because if I did I would never keep going it would stop me yeah um you would never if you just focused on all the negative things and you would you would never get anything positive going in um it, it's it's really funny as people kind of struggle with how they eat and how they work out and all those sort of things um, you could talk to somebody and they'll give you a hundred reasons why it's not going to work except the, well, what if it does, you know, what if it does work? What if it does help? What if you do feel better? And if you kind of, if you kind of press people a little bit, which I'd like to, um, it's like, think, think back at a point which you were trying to do something and how did you feel? Why well, I felt great. Why'd you stop? Um, well, X, Y, and then they come up with a hundred more reasons and it's like, stop. Stop listening to that little voice in your head that tells you you can't do something. You know, I, I really do believe that anything is possible for anyone, no matter what your family history says, no matter what your background is, no matter how much time you have, um, whatever, no matter how old you are. I know a lot of people like to use age as an excuse um, or how overweight you are. If you get really good at trying and really doing good at doing something, um, good things tend to happen over time. And you get better over time, you know. Even if you're the, even if you totally think you suck at something at the start, like you said with your your exercise video, like what you're at least you're moving and just getting the ball rolling in the right direction. Well, and it, it's amazing the progress. You know, the human body is an amazing machine, right? If I learned anything um, from just like studying this and working with people and working on myself. Um, it, it's, it's funny, like yesterday, you know, you're talking to me today on Sunday. Um, I, I, I paced a group at the uh, Gulf Coast Marathon in Biloxi, Mississippi, town over from New Orleans, for maybe your listeners that don't know. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, and, um, you know, marathon, 26.2 miles. I think it's, what, 44 kilometers. Um, and, you know, if, yeah, I was pacing a group, a five-hour group, which for me, it's kind of a slow marathon, right? Um, two years ago, that would have been the fastest marathon I ever ran in my life. And certainly 10 years ago, I would have told you you're insane if I'm, you know, running a marathon, period. Um, and I vividly remember back to, you know, the, the first two miles I did on a treadmill at a gym not too far from where I'm sitting at right now and probably having half the club laugh at me. Um, 
because I was some 300 pound guy trying to quote unquote run on a treadmill at two and a half miles an hour, which is basically a walk for most people. Or, you know, the pretty girl at the park that made fun of me when I was trying to run through the park once. And now I can run through the park shirtless and I feel a lot better. Um, you know, it, 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 so it's, I, I still remember all those days and they weren't in the grand scheme of things, seven, eight years ago is not that long ago. Um, and so if you do this long enough, something good's going to happen. You know, if you talk to anybody, it's a lot of, it's like, yeah, you know, in high school, I thought I was fat, um, or in college or at university, I thought I was overweight. Um, but they look back at the pictures and they're probably like, man, I wish I was in that good of shape again. You know, well, what, why can't you be? It's not because you're older. Um, it's not because you maybe have a family and kids and responsibility and all those things that go down that, that kind of happen to us as we age. It's really because you, you stop really trying um, and you stop putting effort into it. You stop making time for it. Um, and, you know, fitness and nutrition and how you eat and your diet, you know, they're all things that you have to make time for and you have to put effort in. And it doesn't end just because you get a few years down the road. Um, it just continues to be a journey that evolves and that you continue to work out every day. You know, it does, you don't magically stop wanting to have all the things that you're not supposed to have. What happens is you just, you just keep doing it every day. It's that old classic one day at a time thing. And okay, cool. Yeah. I had a bad day. Oh, well there's tomorrow. Right. You know, and, and again, I, I like to use that mindset. I don't beat people up because they had a bad day. I don't try to make them feel bad. I try to use that positive energy and say, like, okay, cool. Well, I guess we're gonna, you're here now, so we could try again, right? Yeah. All right, awesome. Let's do that. You know, and good, good things tend to happen after that. Yeah. So for people, I, I was really excited to have you on the show as well, just to talk about that. Obviously, you're saying you're building muscle on a plant-based diet. I think a lot of stigma is still attached to a plant-based diet and people being weak-looking, sick-looking, you know, emaciated. Uh, and how have you found it as far as working out plant-based and working out non-plant-based? What's been, is, has it been a difference? Yes and no. I, I, I would say here's the thing that you would really have to watch on a plant-based diet. Um, you got to make sure you're getting enough food in. So, you know, part of the human body, and I, I know some people disagree with this, but the science kind of says otherwise. Um, part of the human body is, you know, if you want to lose weight, you got to be in a caloric deficit. If you want to gain weight, you got you to take in enough right? You have to, you have to eat enough. Um, one of the things that, that can be tough on a plant-based diet, especially if you're trying to build muscle is that because the food is so filling, um, it's, it's calorically not dense, but nutritionally very dense, right? So a, a plate full of green vegetables are going to fill you up, but calorically it might only be a few hundred calories and you need a lot more than that, right? So you have to make sure that you're taking in enough. And as long as you're taking in enough, and you're getting enough protein and the kind of good healthy fats that you need to get, which you can get from plants, um, and you can get your protein from plants and, and legumes and different things, um, and that you're getting enough carbohydrates in, and those macronutrients are kind of coming out in the ratio that we know is going to be about appropriate. You can debate percentages here and there, but we kind of have an idea what it should be. Um, if you do that and you're getting enough in and you're stimulating your body in the correct way, which is really going to be lifting weights, you're going to gain muscle. Um, whether, you know, whether you're plant-based or not, um, but you got to be eating the right things. I would say as an athlete, you definitely will feel better plant-based than you would otherwise. 
um, because you're eating things that are so good for you. And I think a lot of times nutrition can be real simple. When, when you eat this, do you feel good? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's eat more of that. Um, you know, the, the body will tell you. It's like if you have a big bowl full of something that you know – I go back to Chinese food because I was obsessed with Chinese food forever. Um, you know, like a chow's chicken. Man, emotionally I feel good, but physically I want to throw up afterwards. Words. Well, that's probably my body's way of saying I shouldn't have that, right? Um, so your body is going to kind of tell you what you should be eating and, and what you shouldn't. Um, I will tell you that a lot of times people who lose a lot of weight or maybe go vegan and they tend to look emaciated, sometimes it's because they're not strength training and they should be. You know, I think um, I know a lot of people who are runners and ultra runners in particular or marathon runners who don't strength train and they just do lots and lots of cardio. And yeah, you tend to look emaciated if that's all you're doing, because as you get older, your body is going to lose muscle and you're not getting enough calories in because you're feeling full all the time. Um, your body's going to start eating muscle and hanging on to fat, and so you're not going to look the way you want. Um, but if you strength train and you do cardio and you do everything that you're supposed to and don't have to be a lot, um, you're going to look and feel the way you want. You know, and, and so I think that's really, really important. Um, if anybody is listening, I would say, yeah, if you're looking for a general way to work out, do cardio a few times a week, maybe a little bit more if you want. If you like to run or bike or cycle or whatever makes you happy, doesn't really matter what it is. It's kind of what you like. Um, and you definitely need a strength train, like your whole body, two, two, three times a week. And if you do that, you're going to gain muscle and keep your curves. And, you know, it's like nobody wants to lose their butt, Corinne, to be the lack of a better term. Um, you Everybody wants to look good. So, yeah, if you want to look strong, cool. you got to lift weights to do that. Um, and you got to do it often enough and intense enough that you get a result. If you don't, you're not. It's so true. And I, I'm listening to you and thinking because I had an injury, an Achilles injury, all of last year, well, all of most of this year and most of last year. And it just put me in such a funk because I love to run and – and I live where it's really steep, so I was only allowed to walk on the flat for ages, and it was just miserable. <laughs> and I stopped going to the gym because I was, I just wanted to run, and I just, I went to the gym a few times, and I thought, look, I don't want to be inside. I really want to be clearing my head the way I feel when I'm outdoors, going for an outdoors run. And now I'm back into running, my my injuries healed. But I am finding it so hard to get back into the gym because I'm just so excited by being out running. But I can see what you're saying is so true that, you know, I I don't want to lose muscle. I don't want to lose my shape, you know, and I don't want to become, have just a runner's body. You know, I want to have the whole thing where I'm fit and strong as well as fit from running, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it doesn't require um – like extra human effort. It really like you got 30 minutes twice a week. You know, I can tell you that, um, you know, when I, when I, I obviously I run and I bike a lot. Um, I bike to and from work almost every day. I live like six miles away. And so it's a nice six or seven. So it's a nice little, you know, 13, 14 mile round trip. Um, and I run probably 30, 40 miles a week, sometimes more. Um, and I, I still like, I work in a gym, so it's a little, I don't have any excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I really make time to strength train intensely twice a week. And I can tell you my own workouts are basically push, pull, do some stuff with your legs and work on your core, um, three or four sets. And it takes about 30 minutes and it's real intense. Um, 
and that's it. It's 30 minutes twice a week. And I've been gaining muscle, you know, obviously I, I think I'd like to lose a little bit. Actually, I'm a little too bigger than I want to be. Um, but you know, I've been gaining muscle pretty steadily since I've been doing that. And so a lot of times when I talk to people, it's like, yeah, if you could do it two or three times a week, that would be great. And if you're working hard enough, then that's all you really need. Um, so it really becomes, you know, a, uh, a quality versus quantity issue, especially in the weight room. Like if you're doing endurance events, it's a little bit different. You have to put in miles to get results, um, or put in time on the bike to get results in like a triathlon or a cycling event. But in the weight room, it really can be two or three times a week for 30 minutes. If they're a good quality 30 minutes, that's enough. I mean, if you were in New Orleans, Corinne, we would be doing this in the gym and I put you through a workout and I kick your butt in 30 minutes. You'd be like, man, that was, hard. <laughs> you know, um, because, I love that. you know, that, that's what we do. So if you're ever in town, um, I'll, you can I'll always be come in. To, and we'll do that. Great. So for people who are starting out, because I think that sounds totally doable, 30 minutes twice a week. For me, I'm on it now. I'm just going to start doing it. But for people who are listening who may be, you know, 350 pounds or you know, sure. less, a bit more, where, where would you suggest that they begin? So I, I would say one um, easy first step, especially on the nutrition side, um, is really commit to eating less, right? So the easy thing to do um, obviously they need to eat better, right? And when, and, and, you know, if you can get, if you can get them to eating something as strict as, um, being vegan, then that would be great. I don't, I don't think that's realistic right off the bat. Cause if they could do that, they would never have been big to begin with. Um, but get them eating less first. Um, and then an easy way to start out with the workout is this. So try to go walk, um, whatever you can tolerate, you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time, if you can, doesn't matter how slow you are, um, two or three times a week. So at least twice a week. And then if you can do some even base level of like strength training, right. Where you could do some assisted, um, some assisted squats, you know, people say, well, I can't squat. It's like, well, do you get up in and out of a chair every day? Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. You could squat then. So let's stand up and sit down in a chair. Right. So you don't feel like you're going to fall over. Um, squatting is, is a good movement for your for your legs. If you can control the depth by sitting onto a chair, you're not going to overextend your, your knee joint. Um, some sort of modified push up. In this case, because most people are overweight, you're going to be doing it um, from some sort of elevated platform like a desk um, or a bed or something that's maybe a little bit higher than your waist. Um, and you're going to let gravity do what we call deload your body weight. Right. So you can work on a push movement like your chest a little bit. Um, any sort of pull would be great. Even like a simple 10 pound dumbbell, just bending over and pulling it towards your waist. Um, and then if you can, you know, do some sort of core work, like with the plank, modified plank from your knees or modified plank from an elevated platform, this would be easier to explain in videos. And I think I actually have a couple of YouTube videos um, that talk about this. That's a good. That's a good way to lead in to how people can find you and find your videos and all those kinds of things because people will want to check you out. Yeah, um, and so that would be um, that 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 would be a, a good thing to kind of do. Um, so you don't have to start with something that's overly complicated. People tend to make strength training um, overly complicated. I, I think you want to keep your program pretty simple, and you just want to start moving around. Um, and that's really it. So if you're super deconditioned, um, you're almost where I was, I would say 
do you have something you like to do that sort of makes you sort of feels like exercise? It could be walking a golf course, right? It could be playing tennis. Um, could be riding your bike. Doesn't matter, right? Uh, you know, um, I think a lot of people kind of think that exercise has to feel like exercise. I say this as somebody, I make my living in a gym, Corinne, does not have to be in a gym if that's not what you want. Um, we certainly have more toys than other people, but you could do it at home, um, at least to start out with if you're feeling embarrassed or self-conscious. And um, I, I think just doing something, you know, three to four times a week for 20 or 30 minutes or whatever you can do combined with eating a little bit less will almost always get you losing weight and getting the number going in the right direction. From there, as you kind of go, then, yeah, you know what? You can start to get a little bit more exotic. We can add some things in um, because certainly the human body adapts. And after, you know, what kind of worked in month one and month two, um, it's not going to work in month four or five or six. And certainly a few years in, you're going to have to change and modify and adjust the intensity and all those sort of things. Um but that's part of the process. And I would just say that that's part of, you know, why you either hire a professional or talk to people you know, um, look look up people like me on YouTube or on whatever. Um, doesn't really matter. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of – I always like running and walking, especially walking, um, because if you have a pair of shoes, you can walk, right? Um, and you can go outside if the weather's decent. You know, if you got a bike, a lot of people have bikes sitting in their garage. They're old and dusty. Um, you don't want to run or walk? Cool. Go ride your bike, Right. Do some push-ups and some planks and some real basic things. You can buy resistance bands off uh, Amazon or any place for 10 or 15 bucks, and that's going to get you a long way towards doing something that's going to be good for you. Um, and then as you progress, you're going to want to do more. And then, then maybe you go visit your gym and you join or you get some better equipment at home, what, whatever it is. Um, but there's a lot of different things you can do. I think one of the biggest misconceptions people have is that if you're overweight, you can't do anything. Well, that's not true. You just don't know what the anything is. Um, and, and that's what I when I when I counsel people on weight loss or I work out a client who's overweight. Um, that's the first thing I do. It's like let's get you doing something you can do, and then you're gonna start feeling good about it. And you're gonna want to do more. And I think that's the thing. I, I, when I was to my most overweight, I, I started exercising in the middle of the night, you know, 10 p.m., 11 o'clock. I would go. I didn't want anyone to see me. I went out in the dark. And slowly as you start to lose weight and feel better, then I was like, okay, I can go out in the daytime. I'm not saying that everyone should hide away, but that was for me. I was too nervous and embarrassed. Yeah, and look, you got to do what you got to do. Um, I, I, I get asked a lot, like, is there a better time to work out? I'm like, well, when are you going to actually do it? Oh, I'm a, I'm a morning person. Okay, cool. Do the morning. Um, if it's night, it's night. If it's midday, it's midday. If it's in your garage, it's in your garage. If it's in your bedroom hiding from your spouse or kids, do that. Um, it, it's kind of whatever you think you're going to actually do three to four times a week for 30 minutes, do that. Um, that at least is the best place to kind of start. And, you know, yeah, call, call me in six months or call someone like me in six months and, you know, you can get going on something um, that's going to be a lot better for you and, and a lot more sustainable. But the, the hardest thing is starting. It's that walking through the door for the first time at a gym or walking into, you know, your garage where you have fitness equipment and you haven't used it. That's kind of collecting dust or the treadmill. That's a clothes rack. You know, it, it's, it's, it's physically doing something. That's the hardest part. Once you get started, I think most people would be really surprised um, at how fast you start feeling good and making progress. Yes, absolutely. So, so where can people find you, Jim? Like online and at your gym in real life? 
Yeah, so you can you can find me on Facebook. Um, just look me up, Jim Fisher. Um, I think it's Jim Fisher seven eight two nine on Facebook. If you if you look up uh, one of the handles, I like to use is Find Your Marathon. So if you're like on Instagram slash Find Your Marathon or Facebook slash Find Your Marathon, you're gonna you're gonna run into me. Um, we do post some um, some YouTube videos um, on YouTube and YouTube. I talk about a lot of different things. I experiment with a lot of different stuff um, just to kind of see what people are doing and to see how it feels. And then ultimately I kind of go back to what I know what works, but I like to experiment. Um, so if you want to look up that, you can. Is that, at ja- is, that, is that Jim Fisher or is that find your marathon at YouTube? Uh, it is, there's not enough to, there's not enough to have uh, the find your marathon. So just look, if you look up James Fisher weight loss um, in YouTube, I will, uh, I will pop up there. Um, but I would say probably the best way is to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. That's kind of where I, um, I do most of my posting and if somebody wants to reach out and they have more direct questions, you know, I probably, it's probably bad for business, but I answer questions for free. So, um, you know, if somebody has a question, they want help. I want to kind of help them as much as I can. Um, I make, I make my living at the gym. So if you reach out to me outside of that, um, if I can help you, I want to try to help you as much as I can. Thank you. That's so lovely of you. And I think a lot of people who might be listening will want to reach out to you and just find out how to tweak their workout or how to start from where they're at because it's you know it's it's so difficult to think about starting when you haven't done it for so long yeah i know absolutely and the key is just starting you know um if, if if talking to someone like me helps you get started then yes i want you to do that um because I, I i sleep a lot better at night knowing that i help somebody that definitely makes my day better and, and in that interest i actually have to go in like 60 seconds okay great. okay three biggest tips the three biggest tips for people are starting out today quick go fire <laughs> Um, keep trying, right? Don't give up. It doesn't matter how far and how imperfect you think you are. Please, please, please continue to try. Uh, the second tip is please forgive yourself if you have a bad day. So whether it's working out, how you eat, whatever it is, please forgive yourself and know that if you try again tomorrow, um, at some point, good things are going to happen. And my third thing, it's real simple. Um, sounds cheesy and corny, but please just believe that it's possible. Right. So whatever you are trying to do with your fitness and your nutrition and your life, um, there are there are a lot of us who have changed their lives. And we did it because at some point we just believed that it was possible. And so know that no matter what you're trying to do, um, you can. And if you want help, don't don't please don't be afraid to ask for it, whether it's me or someone else. Um, and, And that would be it. Just just forgive yourself. Keep trying and believe. And um, I, I think you're ultimately you're going to be successful if you do those things. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jim, for coming on the show. Thanks, Corinne. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, Jim, for coming on the show. And I'm so grateful for listening to what Jim had to say. If you have any comments or questions for Jim, don't forget to check him out at Find Your Marathon on Facebook, Instagram, um, Fisher's Weight Loss over at YouTube, Facebook, James Fisher, and check him out. Find out his, you know, all of his tips and ideas for getting fit and strong in the gym with weight training and cardio and all the things he has to offer. And also just to, you know, hear about more about his weight loss journey, which is a tremendous journey in itself. And I hope if you're listening that his story has helped touch you and help you to realize that it's just baby steps. You know, I love Jim's tips. Just keep trying, forgive yourself and believe that it's possible. 
So thank you. I hope you all enjoyed the show and I will see you all next episode. Bye.